So what's the deal with Jason Tatum going from a plus-minus monster to a negative over his past nine games? Let's talk about that. The third quarter struggles, Drew Holiday struggles all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day and I got you every day with a free fresh podcast that's dropped directly to your device. So make sure you're subscribed. You can watch the show on YouTube. Head into the comments there. Let me know what you think about the show, the stuff I say, agree or disagree, plenty of both going on in the comments. I'm John Corrales. I played a long time ago. Now I'm covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal and for you. And today we're talking about struggles after last night's uh, or was it uh, Tuesday night's Monday night's loss to the Pacers in the in-season tournament game. Some of that stuff was on display. Jason Tatum was a negative. Uh, the Celtics came out in the third quarter and sucked for a good portion of it. Drew Holiday was a nothing in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. So let's talk about all of that stuff. And we're going to do it with Tom Westerholm. Hey, Tom. Hey. Tonight, today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase of last-minute tickets. Aren't you excited that I just told you that? I can't uh, barely handle it. I know. I can see it from the stoic look on your face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so, how you been? Good, man. You know, and yourself. I'm great. Enjoying the in-season tournament enjoying it man it was uh you know i mean it's actually fun it is actually it's a a good time it's uh i i like i I really do hate to hand it to adam silver like it feels like (laughs) i'm you know what i mean it feels like i'm just like yes sir mr officer sir when i'm like uh you know when i'm praising adam silver but it's like it is what it is man you got a good one man good job we did a lot of people questioned it and i know there's a lot of holdouts There's a lot of people holding out, and they're like, you're just falling in line, man. You're just bowing to the power structure, man. Like, no, it was actually. Why are you bad. telling people what I texted you? I'm sorry. And I and I think I nailed your voice, to be honest. <laughs> I think so. I think it was right there with your inflection, man. Yeah. Uh, basically, everybody who says like this is basically 70 stoner stereotype. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, man, it looked it 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 was it worked. It's working, and there it's only the first try. So yeah. they'll fix the courts. They needed the courts to be crazy so people can pay attention. They needed this stuff. I I think they'll they'll it'll be better next year, and and then we'll get used to it, and then it'll just become a thing. It'll just become part of the plan. I I don't think it's disruptive to the regular season very much. It's it is what it is. So, I mean, and- I do think it's disruptive to the regular season, and I think that's a good thing. I think the regular season is very long, and like, you know, the NBA really did not like the allegation that it doesn't start until Christmas, and you know, like now it does. Like now it's now it's interesting before Christmas. And yeah, well, I would venture know. to guess that the TV networks didn't like the idea. Right. 
right. that it wasn't exciting before Christmas. Especially sure. TV networks that might buy into this massive new deal. And if you're an executive at, I don't know, Amazon or Apple TV, and you're looking at this and going, hmm, you know, what do you think? What do you think? Maybe this in-season tournament might, might not be so bad. And yeah. the Celtics sell, I mean, the, the, the league sells some exclusive rights to some of these tournament games and and you know apple or amazon or one of these streamers gets involved and that's that's the next step so well yeah and and i mean look like it, people wondered if the players were going to want to be a part of this tournament and it's like you know i, I mean they, individually each one of the little perks was like okay i don't think that this is going to be enough for a player but when you stack five hundred thousand dollars and everybody likes money you know yeah. everybody wants everybody, everybody wants likes cash when you stack these guys got to where they are by being hyper competitive freaks of this. Like, yeah. and, and they're, and they're told like, Hey, uh, there's a trophy at the end of this and some money. And they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I trophies. I want money. I want those things. And you know, the thing that Jason Tatum said yesterday, um, like a work trip to Las Vegas in the middle of your season. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like you stack those three things on top of each other. And it's like, yeah, maybe they maybe we all maybe we all I'm using a we statement. That's not a fair thing to do. Maybe I misjudged how much the players would care about this tournament. And like, I didn't think that this tournament was going to alone. Yeah, like, alone. I didn't think this tournament was going to be as good as it was. And I think I just failed partially to like calculate all the different little things that come together. Yeah. I think honestly, I think the biggest one I failed to calculate was just how competitive these dudes are. So like, competitive. Man, the Pacers wanted to win. Like it was like the Celtics were like interested in winning, and the Pacers like wanted to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Celtics definitely wanted to win, certainly. But the and you know they always want to win. Yeah. Um, but the Pacers really wanted to win. Really like, wanted to win. Really, really wanted to win. Um, and you know, hey, maybe if Jason Tatum wasn't a negative on the floor, even though he scored over thirty, uh, there there might've been some level of winning there. Uh, and that, that's the first place I kind of want to start here with this. It's, it's Jason Tatum and not that he's playing poorly. He's not playing poorly. No, it's just that he's not, he's not having the same impact that he had prior. So it's basically almost a 50, 50 split 11 games where he was been, pretty good a big positive and nine games where he's come out on the negative side Man, look at this 32 points 12 rebounds six assists he shot 50 percent from the field uh and only two turnovers and he was a minus 14 and two for eight from three okay four of seven from the free throw line which is weird sometimes he's he's been missing some free throws i don't know what's going on with with Jason Tatum and his his big negative binge. All I know is that first 11 games he's been he was like a plus 16 and change and in the past 9 games he's been a minus 4 almost. And it's it's as much the swing that's weird. I just don't understand it. It doesn't always it hasn't always coincided with Porzingis being out. Maybe it's right. coincided with a bunch of injuries that you know, Derek White missed a couple of games. Uh, Holiday missed a couple of games. Maybe it's just a coincidence in those nine games that the Celtics haven't entirely been whole, regardless of who it's been. But 
the only thing I can think of, because I went through the stats, everything seems to kind of fall in line, except his three-point shooting is down. It was almost 40%. Now it's 30%. So it's down about 10 points. And his turnovers are up 4.1 over the last nine versus 2.7 over the first 11. So you turn the ball over, you're not hitting as many shots. I guess that that's enough to lead to being a negative on the floor. But I can't, I can't think of anything else because all the other numbers kind of still feel like they fall in line with the, the entire season. I mean, I think there's one big thing with the three point shooting that um, kind of stands out is if, if you look at just kind of um, off the dribble versus catch and shoot. Yeah. Um, he's at 40, like, and this is this for the season. I didn't, I didn't break this out to like, um, you know, his, his plus and minus, mm-hmm. you know, plus minus God plus minus opposite of that. Uh, but 47.5% with zero dribbles, 29.4% on everything else. Yeah. 44 point 44.4% when he touches the ball for less than two seconds, 30.5% on everything else, according to the NBA's tracking data. Right. So, I mean, he's just not hitting off the dribble right now. And like, you know, I mean, like not, and not that, not that he should be shooting. I mean, there, there's always going to be that little bit of a split because obviously catch and shoot threes are just easier shots generally, but you know, Tatum's a guy who can, who can sidestep threes, who can, who can hit, you know, threes coming off like a, you know, one dribble off the pick and roll, that kind of thing. Like he can do all that stuff. He's just not doing it right now. And like, I gotta say, I mean, we, at some point, I, I do think that we can get granular with all the stats and all the schematics and all the stuff that, you know, he might be doing wrong or whatever. He, this happens every year, right? Like, like it, it's, it's literally, there's a very popular Celtics meme that floats around every year. That's like, this part of the Celtics season, Jason Tatum is good. This part of the Celtics season, Jason Tatum is like, is he an NBA player? This <laughs> part of the season, he's better than Michael Jordan. And then there's a big question mark for the rest of it. And like, yes. I feel like we're just in the, is he, I mean, not to that extent, right? Not like, is he an NBA player level? Like he's still, like you said, scored, you know, had like 30 and 12 and six yesterday. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's always, he's streaky. He's always been a little streaky. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, for better or worse, it's just like in, until I don't know, until we see proof one way or the other that he's going to continue struggling for three or that he keeps his three point shooting going for an entire year. I think you just got to kind of bake a little bit of that into your analysis of of the Celtics. Yeah, I, I've got one stat from his three point shooting that I think might be the key. And I'll talk about that. That's a transition. There you go, man. That's called teasing. Uh Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our good friends at eBay Motors have partnered with the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast and Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Uh, we're prepping, whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, we're getting you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So here's who Josh has picked out for us on eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the week he's got here's just the list Killian Hayes Derek Lively Kelly Oubre Patrick Williams and Obi Toppin so Hayes is getting you know some run there as a starter again in Detroit uh Oubre is coming back from injury so Philly needs some help there uh, I'll go I'll just talk a little bit more about Obi Toppin who has been shooting the lights out and who had an impact there against the Celtics and look four of eight shooting against the Celtics 12 points two rebounds and assists if you're looking for somebody to give you a little boost this week, especially fantasy wise, 
first of all, not a lot of games, and the Pacers are very motivated to make this run. Toppin might not be a bad pickup for the few games that exist. There, there are only two more games here for the Pacers, and so I, I think Toppin might be the guy to get you a little extra boost. Everybody's looking for that little extra in a weird week. Josh Lloyd from the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Podcast is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. You know that your uh, your ride or die, that, that car that you can just can't quit, you need to make sure it's running right. And they've got over 120 million, 122 million parts for your special vehicle. And you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Go check out that Lockdown Sports Today podcast. It's the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's all locked on all the time. Our big national shows, the big stories covered on our podcasts. Every once in a while, Lockdown Celtics will pop on there. So go check it out. Subscribe, put it on, leave it on in the background. Just watch it all day long. It's a, it's a great way to uh, kind of get caught up on the league as a whole. Let's get back to the conversation here. Tom, here's my stat from three. Here's the one crazy stat that doctors don't want you to know about. <laughs> this this is going from podcast to uh, uh, Instagram story ad. This is, so, no, no. okay, in the first 11 games, this is not m- like major stat, but I think it's indicative of something. In his first 11 games, Jason Tatum was 6 of 10 on corner three-pointers. In his last nine, he's 0 for 5. Okay, is it big enough numbers to swing things? Actually, it's small sample size, right? 11 games, 9 games. One good game can throw or one bad game throws all these numbers off. But it's not necessarily like, okay, yeah, he was 6 of 10 from corner threes. You add those 6 to the total, that kind of helps boost him to that 40% three-point shooting that he had in the first 11 games. Being 0 for 5, yeah, that does help drag him down to that 30%. It's the fact that he's gotten 10 in that first yeah. 11 and 5 in the last 9. That tells me the overall ball movement and player movement is not necessarily where it needs to be. That he's not in the corner threes that he takes are probably very often sidestep type of corner threes where he's kind of like above the break, but then he takes a little sidestep and it qualifies as a corner three. The stats you gave earlier about the touch time and the dribble time tell you that those are contested shots. When you dribble more, someone's guarding you. When you hold it more, somebody's guarding you. So those are tough shots. Tatum's a tough shot maker, but getting him these easier looks. And now I don't know when in the game he got these corner threes, but any type of corner three is generally an easier look because there's some ball movement involved. I think the struggles here and maybe we can fold in some of the Drew Holiday offensive issues here as we transition into that. Ball movement, player movement, the type, the style of basketball that is necessary for the Celtics to play for an entire 48 minutes. I think they get away from that a little too much, and we're seeing a little too much tough shot taking versus working the ball around and trying to get the better shots. And I think if you work the ball a little bit more, 
you're going to find a slight uptick again in the corner three-pointers, and some of those start to fall, and some of this starts to kind of stabilize. Yeah, and I mean, look, I don't, I don't want, I don't think Kristaps Porzingis' absence is the entire problem, obviously, but I do think it's interesting that like as soon as Porzingis, the the big offensive pickup, right? Because mm-hmm. like Holiday was a big pickup, but Holiday was a big defensive pickup, and I think you know. Um, like he's a big defensive pickup, but like Porzingis was the big offensive pickup. And would you look at that when the big offensive pickup that the Celtics made this offseason goes to the bench for an extended period, Mm. Celtics have some of those same bad habits still. Oh yeah. I, I, I think that there's just like a certain amount of grease in the gears that having a guy like, I mean, we've talked about like, you know, Porzingis, he might have like, you know, 16 points, you know, 15 points. He might have 30 points. Like he could be anywhere in there, but one way or the other, like he does make things easier for everybody else. He does affect things schematically in ways that really matter. So, you know, I think there's probably some of that too, right? Like that, like there is a very, very important um, cog missing from the machine right now. And you know, I, I mean, it, you would like to see the Celtics overcome that a little bit better than they have been just based on the fact that, like, look, even if Porzingis is out, your starting lineup is still Derek White, Drew Holiday, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford. Like, you you should be fine. Like, you got a, a sharpshooter who's hitting, like, 80% of his threes coming off the bench. You've got, you know, a, a, a guard who you just entrusted, a you know, a contract to. Like, you should be okay, but, you know, it's... Habits are hard to break, right? Uh, especially when, uh, you know, especially when things go back to the way they used to be. It's true. Look, we go back to the introduction, the the Porzingis acquisition. And the what was the word? One of the first things that they said that, that Brad Stevens and Joe Mazzulla said, when things get tough, especially late in the game, you can dump it into Porzingis. You can dump it into him in the post. And there's your, that that's your differentiator. That's something you didn't have yeah. going down the stretch in, in prior years, which is a tacit admission that when you don't have that, you got problems yeah. and they, they didn't have it last night. They didn't have it against the Pacers. And you're right. The Porzingis absence folds into a lot of what we're talking about here in general with holiday, some with, I think Tatum, some with, I didn't even mention Jalen Brown in this podcast, but cause I don't want to pile on to Jalen Brown, but Jalen Brown has no assists in the last two games where prior to that, he, he was showing some real life as a distributor. He, he only has six potential assists over the last two games. It's not been great from a ball movement perspective. And, you know, Porzingis is like, uh, Jalen's partner in crime. They love each other. So I think losing Porzingis is a big deal. And I just did a radio hit before I started recording this podcast. And I was asked, is this something that they can overcome or do they just really need him? And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, the way they've built this team, they really, really need Porzingis because he does make everybody better. And, and I, I, I don't know if it's like the holiday impact is going to be interesting. 
because I they they haven't played off of each other a ton, but I think just Porzingis is the the raise the the rising tide that that lifts all boats. Yeah, yeah. I uh, sorry my my son tried to enter the podcasting studio, so I got briefly distracted. But yes, no, I think he. Uh, let's get let's get Rafi in here and get his take on get this. his take on things. Which uh, Drew Holiday is his guy, uh, number four. He, he really likes him. Um, <laughs> Well, I tell you what, let's gather your thoughts about holiday and uh, let's get Rafi's thoughts on this while I tell people about game time, which is the best way to get yourself some last minute tickets. Uh, I know that you've probably, if you're anybody that's tried to buy tickets, had a pretty frustrating ticket experience, right? You've gone and you try to buy tickets. You go, oh, okay, I'm spending 150 bucks. Click, click. No, I'm spending 225 bucks because of fees. No. What game time does is they roll all the fees, everything. You just know what you're you're paying, right? We all know we got to pay fees. Game time shows you the price with all the fees. You know what you're paying. So when you go to checkout, you're not surprised. They show you views from your seat. So you know what you're going to see when you get there. So you're not surprised. Be like, oh my God, this is not what I was expecting. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event, not just sports. Maybe you're using game time to get that Friday regular season game that we didn't expect. Uh, against either the Knicks or the Bucks, maybe you're using it for that. You can use it for anything, and they've got deals right up to the start of the event. Flash deals, uh, zone deals that you pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats. You can save an average of 18% there. And the Game Time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same row section for less, they credit you 110% of the difference. So go ahead, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D, on NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Go check out the Lockdown NBA podcast. When I'm done with this show, I will pop on two, I hope, entertaining in-season tournament games, and then I will join Jake Madison to talk about those two in-season games and whether the NBA got exactly what it wanted there. So make sure you're checking out the Lockdown NBA podcast after you're done with this show. Tom Westerholm. Drew Holiday. Yes. Okay. So let's let's take it again. Blah, 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 blah. Drew Holiday. Tom, what's your reaction? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think one of the one of the things that you run into with Holiday, right? It's just like this, like before before. On, on that Bucks team, he was crucial, right, to everything. And I think that you do see like a certain amount of um, it, it. It's very difficult to coalesce with this much offensive talent. Like you have to work yourself in a little bit. You have to, you know, you you have to uh, um, play a certain type of way when 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 you've got the, this type of this type of talent around you and very different talent too, right? Like it, it, in Milwaukee. And look, I know Bucks fans are, are very quick to point out like, oh, yeah, we were frustrated with Drew Holiday at times, too. But at the same time, it's like, OK, so Holiday can hit threes. He can do all this stuff that Giannis is not known for. He, he kind of his offensive skill set um, was 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 more contrasting, I think, in Milwaukee, whereas in Boston, it's like, OK, he can hit threes. That's great. So, you know, everybody else can, too. Um, OK, you can, you know, take guys off the dribble and post up a little bit. And it's like, oh, OK, that's. A lot of guys on the Celtics can do that, and they they do that quite often. And I think, you know, th there's a certain amount of just um, overlap, I think, that, that you see with Holiday a little bit um, from time to time. But, again, I think 
you know, I, I, I think I think you're right. Like, I think I think the way you put it before the break was right. Like Porzingis kind of raises the tide a little bit. Like the, I think a lot of I think a lot of boats are going to look uh, are going to look a little bit higher in the water um, when he comes back. Here's a big difference from from holiday from last year uh, in Milwaukee last season. He took three and a half shots per game in the restricted area and shot sixty eight point three percent. This season, he's taking 2.8, so a little bit of a slide, and 56%. So that is a drop of, what did I say before? Um, so it's 12, it's 12%, a 12% yeah. drop at the restricted area. That's that's a significant drop. And that right there, uh, I think, says a lot. Because they're, the, the three-pointers, I think, are fine. He's shooting... Um, 37%. But uh last year, let me just go above the break threes. Last season, he shot there's so many names here. 38% on above the break threes. This is the other point. Uh 38% last year and above the break threes. This year, 30 less than 33. 5% drop there in his three-point shooting from above the break threes, which he's getting a ton of. Yeah. Here. So I think that's the other thing. He's not in the corners. He's above the break, and that is um, that's something that he has to he has to deal with. Um, but he he shot five above the break threes last year, and he still hit them. So he's not hitting shots that he hit last year on either end. I do think too. There's like the 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 way the Celtics collapse the defense is so different than the way Milwaukee collapses the defense, right? Because you know Milwaukee they they like to collapse the defense by just you know like true like just force of you know. There, there's a giant boulder rolling at you, like you know, like everything kind of collapses down to the to the middle to try to stop the enormous boulder, and then it's, so then it's just like spray it out to the corner. Guy shoots a three, right? The Celtics, I mean, they like to do that, like take two dribbles into the paint and then kick it one pass away, kind of mm -hmm. thing, trying to like, mm -hmm. and then just just keep doing that, and then somebody drives, and then you know, there's a kick out, and then the ball swings around again, and it's just yep. there's there's a little bit more happening and that's not a that, that's not a knock on Milwaukee or Giannis it's just like a, a stylistic difference right they, it's just just looks a little different right. um and I think that probably takes some adjustment too right like you're like you know with with Giannis it's like I mean how many possessions a game are just that in Milwaukee um in Boston I don't know things you know the the the, the talent that's on the floor things are um things move around a little bit more players move around a little bit more players relocate differently I think all of those things probably play in as well. I think all of those things definitely, yeah, for sure. And it's the the late the late arrival, the the you know everything just just showing up and being like, okay, this is your team now. Okay, go. Yeah. It, that's that's why I haven't really put too much into the holiday kind of struggles, but. When, when I have so much more sympathy for him on that front than I do on the house finding front for the record. Yeah. <laughs> but look, this is when, when he has the, the type of game that he had against the Pacers, that's, you can't help but be like, okay, wh wh what's holiday doing? Like he's too good to be giving you all zeros across the board in the fourth quarter of manufactured importance or not. A, a game that a lot of people wanted to win and yes. you know hey i don't care if it's december or whenever when the other team wants to win the game that badly you should be like oh damn now no you don't i want to win this game as badly as you do now 
Um, so it's almost like it's almost like childish. Like, do you do you want this thing? Uh, no. Okay, I really want it. Well, now I want it. You know what I mean? But you didn't want it before, but can now I, I want it. Can I have that? Can I have it? Please. I'd like it, please. Thank you. No, no, I want it now. Well, now I want it too. And that's that's kind of how it should go. Um, but regardless, and I think now all of this plays into the third quarter stuff. And I don't know what's going on in the third quarter. Scal had an interesting kind of like theory, like the Celtics have been going into the half with leads. They're they're like tremendous in in the um in the early going uh in fact let's see it's can i break this thing up in halves no first quarter first quarter net rating the celtics are plus 25 net rating in first quarters so top of the league second quarters the celtics are 10.6 net rating sixth so stands to reason that they're heading into halftime with uh leads oh here we go here's the whole thing uh first half net rating is 17.9 number one in the league they've got an offensive rating of 124.5 in the first half number one in the league they have a defensive rating 106.7 in the set in the first half number three in the league now you go to the second half that'll build you some leads that'll build you some leads the second half their offensive rating is wow i gotta scroll down 27th in the second half their defensive rating is sixth okay so their defense is kind of still there uh but their offense craters after halftime and in the third quarter their offensive rating is second to last 101.6 behind the memphis grizzlies behind the portland trailblazers behind the utah i mean just behind really ugh. i don't get it there's there's no reason other than ah we got a lead at the half. So let's just kind of, eh, kind of come around and, and kind of mess around. And that I can't, I can't sit there and say it's stylistic. Uh, Chris Mannix was saying, well, it's gotta be some coaching. You make adjustments at the half. And if, if that's when you make adjustments, then the adjustments aren't working. But like that's, that's kind of some specious reasoning. I don't believe that. Uh, I, I do think that there's a little bit of an effort thing. We got this, we got this. And they they absolutely suck in the third quarter. They are twenty second in net rating, minus two point four. That's unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's effort. I don't know if it's just you're just amped up at the start of the game. Like maybe these guys just really get excited at the in like in the first half. I I, I don't know. I mean, it's whatever the answer is. It's not going to be satisfying for Celtics fans because. Whatever the answer is, it's going to involve them completely falling off a cliff. And, you know, they have the talent to, to not do that. They they should be not doing that. But, <laughs> you know, like, again, again I, I don't – the analysis is going to be unsatisfying because, like, there's no real – there's no real explanation. The talent is is more than adequate. It should be good enough to pull away. I mean – you know, you can you can make the case that, like, obviously they're playing against NBA competition, right? And if you're really good in the first half, just statistically, you will chances are you will be somewhat worse in the second half when the competition is as good as it is on a night to night basis in the NBA. Like that just fair. That's you know, fair. That's fair. That, that's just math. Right. Um, but that said, you shouldn't I mean, you shouldn't be 
27th in the NBA or whatever, whatever that number was. Like you shouldn't be that low, like not with these guys, not with this, um, this assembly of talent. So yeah, no, no. it's, it's, it's going to be unsatisfying. It looks unsatisfying. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm racking my brain. I'm trying to find out like, what is, what's going on here. Um, they, uh, I'm, I'm looking at like percentages. I don't know. Like, is it, is it somebody who is, I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. Like if you're good in one half, what makes you so bad in the third? That, that, that's the, that's, these guys have to figure that out. And I hate to be like so vague, but it really is. This is a player mentality thing. You come out strong in the third, sit out the fourth, or at least go into the fourth with a, a lead that you can, you know, try to protect rather than like, Oh, now we're in a battle. I feel like at the beginning of the the, the year, they did do that. And yeah. now they've kind of like taken a step back and it's kind of goes along with like, They've taken a step back with Tatum. They've taken a step back with, you know, some some other stuff. It's I don't know if the Celtics are just kind of are they bored? Are they bored with the regular season and just be like we've done enough and we're going to well, pull back track because they weren't bored yesterday. You know, no, like they, they weren't. They, they they were trying yesterday. I mean, we you know I I joked that like the Celtics were interested in winning and the Pacers really wanted to win, but like the Celtics wanted to win enough to win that game. They just you know weren't good enough in the second half. I, yeah, they, they, and that, I, mean, I, keep coming back to Porzingis. I, I honestly keep just coming back to that is like, you know, when, cause I mean, look like record wise, right. The Celtics are 15 and five. Like they have, they have a fantastic record. They've only lost a few games. So like, I keep coming back to like, Hey, when Porzingis comes back at that point, you're back to bringing in Al Horford off the bench. You're back to having like all, you know, your rotations, the way that Joe Missoula wanted them to be like, I don't know. Uh, it's very weird. It's weird that they're bottoming out the way they are and they still shouldn't, they still should be more than good enough to do it. But yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious to see what happens when Porzingis comes back, because I think to your point on the radio, um, turns out he's, he's very good. important. Yeah. I think, I think the big takeaway here is no one knows what the hell's going on in the third quarter. Like no one knows. Yeah. No one knows. It's, it's in, it's, up in these guys' heads. All right. Well, another another show where we end with like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. So solid yeah. locked on Celtics podcast as always. Yeah. Shout out to the knocked loose fan who tweeted at me and said he likes knocked loose. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Knocked loose. Yeah. Apparently that's a, a music. I just wanted to shout him out. Yeah, I would like, you know, you always say like people are done listening around the 34 minute mark anyway. So I've, you know, figured. Sure. So yeah. one person who's still listening. I listened to, listened to the Spotify raps uh, last time we talked about it. So there you uh, go. There yeah, you go. Just wanted to shout him out. So, all right. Shout out to you, buddy, for yeah. liking, liking Tom's, you know, crazy music. Yeah. Tom, appreciate you as always, buddy. Appreciate you, man. And I always appreciate you guys, you listeners from all over the world, Boston, outside of Boston, outside of the U.S., wherever you are. Thank you so, so much. Uh, really am so thankful for, for all of you for making the show what it is. And I would love it if you continued with, uh, the show, if you're new, join the club, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. If you're not new, if you're an everyday, or if you're with me Monday through Friday and bonus podcasts like this week, oh, unknown to me before, but 
Now it's a bonus podcast on Friday after the game. So make sure you tell everybody they need to subscribe, that they need to listen to and watch the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.